Welcome to The Gathering Place with Blessed Is She. I'm Jenna Gizar. And I'm Beth Davis. Pull up a chair and grab a drink. Or you could just keep doing what you're doing. Pull up a chair in your heart. (laughs) Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Howdy. Hi, friend. Hi, Megan. Hi, Beth. Hi, Jenna. Megan, it's wonderful to be chatting with you today. I'm excited to be on my favorite podcast ever. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's the one podcast I've actually scheduled into my week so that I can go back and listen if I miss it. Megan, it's stop. So it is. It's true. I, love I listen that. to you driving. I listen to you doing dishes. I don't know if I'm going to listen to myself. That might be awkward, but. <laughs> That's awesome. You might be surprised. I might be. You're right. Megan, we know and love you already, but would you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I am a wife and a mom to three beautiful kiddos, and we live in the great state of Colorado. I work part-time in the Army Reserves, and I also work for this amazing organization of all women called Blessed Is She, and it's my favorite thing in the world. I mean, that was a rave review. (laughs) But there was a lot in that introduction, and I'm excited to unpack a little bit of your story and, honestly, just your expertise. Because I think, Megan, you have so many gifts and so much experience in arenas that I've never been a part of. And so I'd love to talk to you about that. Absolutely. Oh, and I would like to add, I almost forgot to mention this, but endometriosis is a big part of my story. And so I like to mention that just because I'm passionate about women finding the right resources and information for treatment. So Megan, will you just give like your Instagram handle? If anybody heard that and is like, gosh, I'm just looking for some support. I need somebody who's been there. How can they find you? I would love to. I can be found at positivelyimperfect.com and I have information there and on Instagram at positively two underscores (laughs) imperfect because Instagram handles are hard. That two underscores is really where it's at. Yeah. I, I copied Blessed Is She. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So Megan, as you know, I was in youth ministry for 11 years and now I've been with Blessed Is She for a little over a year. So all of my like adult working experience has been in the church, has been blatantly Catholic faithful Christian. Not only have I had the opportunity to share about my faith in my workplace, it's been like a part of my job description. Yeah. So thinking about how to live your witness as a faithful Catholic in a secular workplace and not only your workplace, but also just like your spheres of influence, your circle of friends. I really, at times, notice that I'm kind of in a bubble. So I would love to hear from you how you navigate sharing your witness in those places. You know, it's funny. Once I started getting more into the Blessed Is She community and connecting with people, I actually started meeting some other women in the secular workforce or um, in the military who would ask me these questions and kind of wonder, you know, how, how do you do that? How do you live your faith? And for a while, I had a really hard time answering that because I had to step back and look at, okay, how do I do this? Because Mm. it's not over. But I love what Father Park said in one of the first podcasts that you guys did about sharing your story. And I think that that's something I really, when I stepped back and I looked at how I interact with people at work, 
and how I just interact with people in the world, a lot of times it really boils down to that connection. So not just sharing your story, but being able to receive their story. I've seen so many instances where, you know, I get frustrated with everything that needs to get done, or I feel pressure because of deadlines, or I feel kind of out of sorts, because like you said, I'm surrounded by so many different people. So they're in my military unit, people from all different walks of life. And so their experiences all are all different, their backgrounds, what they like, what they feel is, you know, important to hold as far as values, but they think is less important in terms of values. It's all very different. So it's kind of like getting thrown into this world of a little bit of um, spiritual chaos at times. But at the same time, that really allows me to kind of step back and be open to both who they are. And um, I'll tell a story because that's probably the easiest way to to demonstrate it. But I I stopped into work a few months ago just for a a random day. Usually I I go one weekend a month and then there's the two weeks a year thing. It's the, the tagline for the military. But I stopped in and just in passing, I met this woman who had been helping out in the office and she had come into the unit and was leaving the unit before I would really get a chance to interact with her. But that one day that I was there, I had a a little bit of time to kind of cross over with her on a project. And in the middle of the project, she said something that just really tugged at my heart with a frustration kind of that she had dealt with in the military. And she was so different from me in probably every single possible way that I could imagine. But we connected on that one little thing and I, I gave her a little piece of my story and the entire rest of her story came flowing out in return. Wow. And I sat there kind of like on the drive home that day, just marveling at the fact that I was able to be a listening ear and provide encouragement when so many people would probably distance themselves from a person like that. Not that I'm perfect and don't have my own maybe snap judgments or, or things that I fall into, but yeah, just being able to to receive her story was so key to being able to really work together and see her as a whole person and then give her that love and compassion and action, a little bit of what God has given me in return. I love so many things about what you just shared, but in particular, I think it's so beautiful that you talked about just stopping into the office. Like it wasn't planned. You didn't spend an hour in adoration discerning, should I go to the office? Will I interact with someone today? I think sometimes we can overcomplicate sharing our faith and think that we have to have some script or, you know, some prescribed method of evangelizing. We have to be trained to evangelize, but no, you just let God move you. You were docile to his spirit, opening up doors as you went about your day. I love that. Docility is actually my word for this year. What? That's (laughs) crazy. Yeah. And it totally is though, Beth, you're right. And I think that's the key is that when you go on like with an agenda or when you know that someone's difficult to work with or you're going to see someone in passing, maybe at school or you know in the classroom or wherever that maybe they're not your favorite person to interact with, but you don't go on with an agenda and you're able to kind of allow God to take hold of that situation and be your guide in that interaction, it really allows you to appreciate all of his children who he's made in a little more of a complete way and accomplish more than you would if you were just relying on your own skills or knowledge, like you said, to evangelize or to 
get to your goal or your point. And I love what you said too about praying always. I feel like it's really important. You always say that in I'm pretty sure all of your teachable Tuesdays. I think that was St. Paul that said that, but I mean, I'll take it. Sure. He did. (laughs) He did. And it's your advice to everyone, which I love about every situation. Pray about it. Totally. I mean, that is true. That's the only advice I give, really. Have you prayed about that? What does the Lord say about that? Because it's good advice. It's necessary. And I feel like when I'm detached and I haven't really rooted myself in my little routine for the day with God, I haven't started my day as I need to with the daily readings and the daily devotion. And if I haven't paid attention, I I have little phone reminders to pray throughout the day. So if I swipe up and ignore them instead of taking five seconds to pray Hail Mary, Mm. then I'm definitely more unsettled in my encounters than if I do take that time to bring God with me in my day. I'm feeling so convicted about your prayer reminders on your phone because I actually did have prayer reminders on my phone. I might have also gone like to the extreme, you know? And done like to 12 in a day. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Was anybody else thinking of that that like vanilla ice song when I said to the extreme? No. Nope. Anyway. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> just me. I have like four baths. I can't do more than four. Megan, I just can't believe that you're in the military. I can't either. Like knowing you, seeing your face, knowing your family. I think it is so cool, but also really unexpected, friend. It really is. (laughs) Yeah. No, No one ever thinks that I am. And half the time, I don't feel like I am. But that's why I'm there, I guess, because God is differentiating the population there. Wow. Thank God for you, Megan. Yeah. Thank God that you would. It's such a unique and necessary call. And I just think you do it with a lot of grace. Well, thank you. And I I feel like I learned so much too from the people there. So even, you know, talking about being able to extend our influence, I have a new boss and I had work this past weekend and he just asked me to teach a class on ethics to like 600 people. Wow. yeah, just by being associated with the the people I am and I guess the way I interact in the office, he said, I think you're the right person to do this. Wow. So yeah, a little pressure, but a really cool opportunity to bring God even more into the workplace and my little area of influence in a really amazing way. That's awesome. I was thinking about how, Beth, you mentioned that you you know, you've been working in ministry for 12 years now, Megan, you're around people. So you're able to, you know, talk about the Lord in some way, whether it be your witness or actually talking about him or answering questions. And I worked in a hospital for five years and, you know, met really, really different people than I was. And I am, and you're able to use your influence in those ways. Beth, you were able to in ministry for 12 years. Megan, you're able to by your witness. I was able to by my witness. Do you think the women who are maybe stay-at-home moms or maybe women who have a job that's kind of isolated, do you think they struggle with how am I an influence in this way if I really don't even talk to other adults or I'm not around other people? What do we say to the people who kind of just are in isolation? I don't know. Can you still be an influencer can, in in terms of the Lord? Like, is your is your influence just pray? It's funny that you say that because I was just driving home from, we had up daily mass today and I was talking to my daughter who is about to turn 10 
And I don't even remember how we got on the subject. She was asking me some questions and I said, well, do you have spiritual motherhood? Like, can you be a spiritual mother in your little world? Because you're 10, you're a little girl. And she was like, yeah. And I said, that's totally right. You can. Because whoever God has put in your path, that is your sphere of influence. So whether it's your kids and you're just forming them day in and day out, they kids can be, in my opinion, way harder than any coworker I've ever had to work with in the past because they, they have no filter and they have their wants and needs and they're still developing their um, checks and balances. And so being able to just interact with the people God has put in your life on a daily basis is a really hard and a really beautiful call because it requires you to receive that person in the way God has created them and all of their weaknesses you know, I, I've had to grow as a mother based on my children's needs in a way that I never thought I would have to because I had this image of what motherhood would be. And that was, I would use my gifts and my strengths to mother how I thought best. And <laughs> that is not at all how they need me to mother. I've had to completely grow and change. So I think that's a huge benefit to whoever you're interacting with is being able to minister to them in the way that God has called you to interact and receive them. I think you're right, Megan. I think first and foremost, you don't discount the people within arm's reach. Right. So you might be thinking, where is my influence? And you're absolutely right. It is with your children. It is with your family. And you would probably be surprised who is taking note of how your family lives. That's interesting. And interacts. Hmm. From like, you know, your witness in the pews on Sunday with your children, kindness in the grocery store line with a toddler who's melting down. I think that's a huge opportunity to evangelize through your gentleness, through your kindness. Oh, yeah. So I think let's get really practical. I think your home and your family is your primary sphere of influence, right? No matter if you're a mother or not where you live and where you go, your routine is your sphere of influence. Totally. So that includes your workplace. It includes your family. It includes your friend group. It includes the checker at the grocery store. I am developing a huge heart for people working at a coffee shop. (laughs) The local baristas. Yeah. I have a huge heart for any person that I fly on a plane with. I have a heart for people I pass in the store. I I had a, a crazy experience just this last weekend. I was walking down an aisle at the store and there was a woman just standing by herself. And it might've been like the look on her face. It might've been the Holy Spirit, but I just had this overwhelming thought. And I wondered, has this woman ever heard the gospel? Has this woman ever been exposed to the person of Jesus Christ? What if I'm the only person who ever has the wherewithal to share a succinct, compelling gospel message. And I'm not saying I do that. I did not approach that woman. I mean, it really like, it haunted me. This thought that we're passing people in the store, on the street every day who may never hear the gospel. I mean, lots of people have been exposed to Christianity, but like truly hear a heartfelt, compelling, personal testimony of who Jesus is and what he does in our lives, what he can do. That's incredible. That what a conviction from the Holy Spirit, because you're right. We never know who needs us 
And we might be the only Jesus that they see. Yeah, because the reality is they need him. Everybody needs him. You know, we were talking about like how unique an opportunity you have if you're in a secular workplace. But to be honest, it's a huge temptation in ministry for evangelization to become work, to become your job. And so that's why I think I really strive to cooperate with the Holy Spirit to see opportunities for kindness, for invitation outside of ministry. So just this morning, I was in the drive-thru getting my coffee on the way to work, and I had my laptop on my front seat, and this sweet little barista, I've seen her a couple of times, she like reached out the window and she was like, I love your laptop case. And it's just a plain laptop case, but I have a Blessed Is She sticker that says, is anything too marvelous for the Lord? And so I held it up and I said, oh, it's a sticker. I'll bring you one. And it was just such a funny, sweet, easy thing that I could do to introduce a person to the Lord. And as silly as that is, like a little encouragement, a little special something. So I'm really looking forward to evangelizing (laughs) through this sticker. And I love that you're communicating it through beauty. The blessed as she is. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Amazing. I love that. So Jenna, I was wondering, since you have had this experience of working both in like a hospital with so many different people and patients, which I'm sure is really hard and in ministry, I was wondering what some of the differences are and what are some of the similarities are as far as how you are able to bring God into the world? Well, a lot of the hospital life was me being a witness, just talking about going to mass or talking about being at church with my family or talking about how I didn't have sex in high school or like these things that seem like super wacky to some people where their jaw literally dropped to the floor the day that I said I hadn't had sex in high school. They had never met someone like that. And like I was different and I wasn't different because of myself. I was different because of the Lord. And I would say that or try to. Sometimes it can be scarier than others to say, I wasn't just prude for prude's sake. (laughs) (laughs) I was doing this because I had convictions and because I believe in this. And so that was a lot for me to just be myself with these people who really thought I was like a wackadoo. They loved me. We grew to love each other. So after they would make fun of me, it would be like kind of, they still loved me, you know? Anyway, and, and then now doing this, I feel, I still feel that emptiness of like not feeling like I'm doing enough for people within my reach because I'm not like, I'm not planted in another place where people think really differently than me. So I struggle with, am I being a witness to anyone if I'm not in a secular environment? So I've really tried to recently just ask the Lord to bring people in my life that I not stay isolated and just be surrounded by people that think like me and are always like me, but that the Lord really show me what it is to live in community and to live with people different than me. And so he's been working on that. I love that. I'm just thinking about what you're saying about asking the Lord to bring people into your life. I don't know if it's necessarily new people as much as just highlighting the people who are already, you know, maybe on the outer edges, like more like an acquaintance, but people who really do need just a little more of you, a little more of him, you know? Yeah. Like in all my years of professional ministry, (laughs) it never ceases to amaze me how much people in our own churches need love, need Jesus, need an authentic witness. That's so true. That inspires me so much too, Jenna, about just not being afraid or having the courage rather 
because it's always a little scary just to be yourself because even this past weekend at work I I remember feeling a little kind of weird saying yeah I want to leave or I hope we get out by this time so that I can catch the last mask yeah you know just exposing that part of myself not that it's you know that much of a surprise to anyone but at the same time it's like saying I'm gonna leave and instead of run home and see my family I'm gonna go to church how weird is that but I thought that's such a powerful prayer to to bring or highlight those people bring them into your life who are just starving for Jesus and like you were saying Beth with the Holy Spirit just allowing him to convict you of those moments and those opportunities and I heard this at some point that we overestimate our short-term impact and we underestimate the long-term impact that we can have in the world through our faith and so I think that's important to remember too because we're not going out and evangelizing and creating converts overnight like that might happen (laughs) there might be a you know a Saul to Paul moment but it's not for most people going to happen that way it might take years and years and years or our kids aren't going to be perfect saints tomorrow it's going to take a lifetime of guiding and raising and praying for them and changing our own hearts to be able to lead them in in the right way. Yeah. It's funny that you brought up earlier the Father Parks episode, because I was just going to talk about something I shared on there too, which is with the people that I used to work with, I never once invited anyone to church with me. I haven't been at the hospital for about a year and a half now. And just a few months ago, my former coworker said to me, yeah, I've started going to church. I was invited by another coworker. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm wow. such a jerk. I never, I never wow. once invited her. And she was invited by a coworker friend who's Protestant, who they have space for them. They have programs for them. They yeah. have hospitality. It's just... It's- I mean, let's be very honest. Most Protestant services, Protestant yeah. churches are more user-friendly than the Mass. Yeah, The Mass is a familial experience. So we go and we know what's happening. And to invite someone who's never experienced that, for as much as the routine feels comforting and beautiful to us, sometimes for other people it feels inaccessible. So I'm just saying I understand. I, know. I understand hesitancy about inviting people to Mass. You I know? could have invited her to a Blessed Ishi night. <laughs> you could have. You still can. That's true. I there still you can. Go. Thanks, there Megan. You go, Megan. I should. I'm glad you offered that. And thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Because I think... For as much as we're talking about these beautiful impulses of the Holy Spirit or times that people have been moved by our witness, it's also a reality that it won't go that way. That people will be annoyed by our convictions or offended, angry even. People will reject us. So I think, I mean, it's unrealistic to talk about this in like a bright, shiny way and to not acknowledge that it might not, it might not go well. (laughs) It might not be warm and fuzzy. And in fact, if we look at the scriptures, the reward is in the persecution, right? And yet somehow we still seem to want it always to be... To work out perfectly. Yeah, successful in the eyes of, you know, by whatever standard. We don't see rejection as success. But we're, I mean, we're just called to plant the seeds. So we never know what seeds will take root or which ones will be eaten up by weeds. But we do know that in planting the seeds, whether or not it results in conversion or persecution, yeah. we're doing at least the first part of what God asks and the scariest part, because like you're saying, that rejection or, you know, maybe that annoyance does hurt and it makes it harder to do. But 
just the fact that I'm still in awe of some of the things that you shared, Jenna, that you're able to tell people those things, that it, it gives me more courage to, to think about maybe opening up about other things too and sharing more of my story. Well, I love it. So I'm encouraging every podcast listener to pray about where their sphere of influence is. And it's right where you are. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. To pray about being empowered in the sphere of influence that you already have. Love that. Yeah. Megan, it was oh, so good to chat with you. So good to see you on Skype. Well, to see you too. We love you. Should we pray? Please. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you um, come and flood us with your presence and your peace I ask you to do a deep dive into our hearts and into our lives. Would you begin to show us people and places, opportunities and conversations where we might be able to share authentically and warmly who you are and what you've done for us. I thank you. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the ways in which, um, you're at work in our lives. And I pray for deeper intimacy and deeper revelations of your love in our own lives to give us something more to talk about. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, guys. You are so lovely. Thanks so much for gathering with us here on the Blessed Is She podcast. Send over all your questions using the Anchor app. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us at blessedishe.net slash community and join us on all your favorite social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I love Twitter. Until next time.